Hello, everyone. Welcome to Omega, Season 1, Episode 49, Losing Sight of the Big Picture. I'm your host, Vanessa Brown. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Good evening again, and I am happy that you have joined me for another episode of the Omega podcast. This evening, again, I would like to talk about losing sight of the big picture. I want to use for a background scripture, Joshua chapter 23, verse 14, and it says, Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. These words were spoken by Joshua as he was preparing for his death. He wanted to remind the Israelites to keep their commitment to God because God had indeed been faithful. This reminds me of a Facebook post that I recently saw from one of my cousins. It said, I low-key wonder if God has forgotten about me. The post then goes on to say that she knows he has not because he's been faithful and continues to bless her life despite all the challenges she has endured. If we're all honest, we, we've all been there. We've have our moments when most certainly it feels like God has forgotten about us, or at the very least, I like to say that he forgot that he set us up for the okie doke. The prophet Elijah is one of the most prominent and powerful men of God. And Elijah had his moment as well. Elijah was a man that was extremely passionate about the worship of God. And as Israel was going through their series of kings, it seemed as if Israel was falling further and further away from God. And remember that Elijah is the prophet of Israel at that time. Elijah prophesied during the reign of Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Ahab was wicked, but his union to the daughter of the king of Tyre and Sidon made matters worse for Israel. Jezebel was dedicated to the worship of the god Baal. When she came to Israel, she instituted Baal worship. Ahab and Jezebel uh, built Asherah poles and places for the people to worship Baal throughout Israel. The Lord at the time commanded Elijah to tell Ahab because of their idol worship, it was not going to rain in Israel until Elijah declared that it would. This was to prove to Ahab that Baal was not the God that controlled nature, but it was Yahweh. Once Elijah made this declaration to the Lord, immediately uh, the Lord sent him to the brook at Cherith, where he was fed by ravens in the morning and in the evenings. He was basically like taken care of by God. And he stayed there until the brook dried up, of course, because it wasn't raining. After the brook dried up, then the Lord gave Elijah instructions to go to Zarephath, which ironically I learned was the seat of Baal worship because Zarephath was actually in Sidon. 
And so Elijah remains in Zarephath until the third year of the drought. And at that time, then the Lord instructed him that it was time for him to meet Ahab and declare that it would now rain. Elijah did meet with Ahab, but he also met with all of Israel on Mount Carmel. He wanted Israel to decide which God they would serve, either Baal or they were going to serve Yahweh. So Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal to call down fire from heaven. And of course, these prophets of Baal continued to try from morning until evening to call on Baal to rain down fire from heaven. Elijah repairs the altar of the Lord that had been torn down and he puts the sacrifice on the altar. He digs a trench around the altar and then he told them to pour water on it, not once, not twice, but three times basically, so there would be no shadow of doubt that the altar was wet. It was sopping wet, so they couldn't use as an excuse that because of the drought, it was dry, and that's what started um, the fire on the altar. No, Elijah made sure that it was drenched with water. And then he prayed this prayer. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. God answers Elijah's prayer uh, and the altar is consumed with fire. The fire consumes the wood, it consumes the stone, it consumes the sacrifice, and it licks up all of the water that was in the trenches. 1 Kings 18.39 says, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. After this, Elijah tells them, tells, he actually tells Ahab that it is, he needs to go ahead and prepare for rain because now it is going to rain. So again, remember that the Lord had told Elijah to call Ahab and tell him it was going to rain. He did not tell him to challenge the prophets of Baal. Oh, and I left this out. So after the people fell prostrate and they declared that the Lord is God, Elijah commands them or tells them to kill all of the prophets of Baal. And it was 450 prophets of Baal that was there on Mount Carmel, along with the people in all of Israel and Ahab, right? So Elijah tells them to kill uh, the prophets of Baal and they do. And then Elijah is to meet with Ahab and he's to tell Ahab now get prepared for the rain. So he does that. He wants him to leave before and head back to Jezreel, which is the city before the rain comes because he'll get stuck. And so Ahab does get in his chariot and he leaves to go back to Jezreel. But then the hand of the Lord, the Bible says, came upon Elijah and Elijah then ran ahead of Ahab's chariot to Jezreel. This is 18 miles, right? So, and I don't, we have no, we have no real knowledge of how old uh, Elijah is at the time, but Elijah runs 18 miles ahead of Ahab's chariots back to Jezreel. Now, when Ahab returns to Jezreel, he tells his wife, 
who is basically this priestess of Baal, tells his wife that Elijah has killed all of the prophets, 450 of them. And you can imagine that Jezebel at this time is incensed at Elijah. So she sends a message to Elijah to tell him that within the next 24 hours, he was going to be dead. And if he wasn't dead, dead, may the gods do to her what they had done to the prophets. And here, here was the irony for me. It was ironic, like I, and I've studied and heard this over and over again, but I really did not understand the magnitude of what Elijah had done on Mount Carmel. But when Elijah hears Jezebel's message, the Bible said he was afraid and ran for his life. This prophet of God who had just called down fire from God, right? is afraid when this message comes to him from Jezebel. So he runs for his life. And then the Bible says that he prays that he might die. He's, Elijah says this, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. Elijah was done finish through. And I want to, I want to now take the account of what happened with Elijah. And I want to just give us a couple of points and we'll be through for the evening. And I think my, my first point that I want to raise is this. We can act like it doesn't happen, but it does. And my first point is this, being zealous for the Lord is exhausting. The word zealous in Hebrew is kenah. It means jealous, jealousy, showing great energy or enthusiasm, and uh, that you're in a pursuit of a cause, right? So you've, you are filled with enthusiasm and you are going at it 100 in pursuit of a cause. So if you will remember if there's ever been a time when you heard a word from the Lord or God gave you instruction, or even when the first time um, you really, I don't want to say got introduced to the Lord, but I want to say the eyes of your heart were opened and you really understand or understood who God was or is. And this energy you had just to go full force for God. When this happens to us, it is it is such an honor for us to be called by God. It's such an honor for us to bring glory to God that we do our very best. It is an honor to be chosen by God. And whenever it happens, whenever we 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 fan this flame for God, we want everybody to respond to God the same way we have. And one description for Elijah is that we know that he was a very passionate man, right? So passionate in these terms means that he was, again, he went 100. He was very jealous for the Lord and he wanted people to worship God in spirit and in truth. And particularly he wanted Israel to worship God the way that they were supposed to, right? Even Sometimes if we feel like we're not qualified for the work that God has called us to, we want to do it for the glory of God. 
And Elijah wanted to do what he was doing for the glory of God. And like Elijah, many of us exhaust ourselves with this zeal or this enthusiasm that we had. Now, Elijah had no problem doing all that God required of him. But it was when things did not go as planned that he felt exhausted and considered his ministry a failure. And the same is true for many of us. When we do things our way and they don't turn out the way we think that they should or we imagine that we that they should, then we start to begin that, to think that we are a failure, our ministry is a failure, our business is a failure. Many of us are full of zeal and we feel like we can do anything when we start out on the journey. But after we've been working for the Lord for many years, we can take our eyes off of the big picture. This has a tendency to make us feel defeated because things are not going the way we planned. We are never told that God told Elijah to have the showdown with the prophets of Baal or to even kill them. It was his plan. It was Elijah's zeal to prove to the people that God is the only God that led him to the challenge on Mount Carmel. Notice that when the hand of the Lord was upon him, Elijah could run 18 miles ahead of a chariot. But when he did it on his own strength, like he challenged the prophets on Mount Carmel, he became exhausted. So again, your zeal and being zealous for the Lord can be exhausting. And Elijah was tired. He was exhausted. The Bible tells us after he prayed that prayer for God to just, you know, take him, he went under the tree. He was sitting under the tree, a broom tree, the Bible says, and he went to sleep. He was tired. He was tired of the fight. He was tired of doing what he thought was right and it not turning out the way that he thought it would. The second thing I want to talk about is the fruit of your labor. I think many of us always assume or sometimes assume that we will get mm, immediate gratification out of the work that we do. But when Elijah went to Horeb to hide from Jezebel, the Lord asked him, what was he doing there? Elijah gave God a list of excuses. He says, the Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altar. They put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left and they want to kill me too. At this point, Elijah cannot see the benefit of any of the work that he was doing for the Lord. He could not see the fruit of his labor. Instead, he actually was only seeing what Jezebel was saying, right? His focus was only on the threat to take his life. His response was almost like my cousin's Facebook post. God, have you forgotten about me? I'm doing all you've asked me to do, but this illness is threatening my life. God, these people don't like me. 
God, I am not having success in leading the people you told me to lead. I'm I'm teaching, I'm preaching. But the very people who are connected to me seem to be moving further and further away from you. Psalm 119 verse 139 says, my zeal wears me out for my enemies ignore your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. See, as as children of God, we become grieved because we see that people are violating our father's laws. This causes our heart to ache. Now, it's not personal. The injury that is caused by what we see, it's it's not personal. But because we are defenders of the word of God, it grieves us. It grieves us when we see our children or our grandchildren, our nieces and our nephew, when we see that they are not following God's laws. Again, because we're defenders of God's word. God, however, did not respond to Elijah's complaints. He told Elijah, go stand in the presence of God because he was going to pass by him. And so Elijah's in the cave. He's standing there and a great wind came but God wasn't in the wind. Then an earthquake came and then a fire came, but God was not in either or any of them. The Lord appeared to Elijah in a still small voice. Elijah then knows that it's God. He recognizes that it's God and he received God's direction regarding the bigger picture. Elijah's role is to anoint people who would get the job done. It was not up to Elijah to have all of Israel return to God. The people who heard his voice would respond. And while Elijah could no longer see or could not at this point see the big picture Uh, He neglected to remember that there were 7,000 people still in Israel who had not defiled themselves. So God reminds him of this. He said that these people had not defiled themselves by kissing Baal, right? These people did respond to his leadership as well because Again, Elijah lost sight of the big picture, but Elijah told them to kill the 450 prophets of Baal, and these people did. And then Elijah seemed to have lost sight of the conversation he had with Obadiah. And when Obadiah told him, I saved a hundred of the of God's prophets, right? I hid 50 in one cave and 50 in another cave cave and I fed them and took care of them. So essentially, Elijah wasn't the only prophet left. He was just the only one with enough bravery to speak up at a time at that time. So what happened was he lost sight 
of his effectiveness. He lost sight of his impact. He was having impact, but that word that came from Jezebel made him lose his focus. It made him lose sight of the big picture. And my last and final point is God won't fail. God won't fail. Joshua 23 and 14 says, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. I thought it was interesting that when Elijah was afraid for his life, he ran to Horeb, a mountain in Sinai, which is the same place the Lord made his covenant with Israel. He went back to the place where God spoke his promises. And what we're seeing with our natural eyes and open our eyes, open the eyes of our hearts to see what God really is doing. And remember the eyes of your heart, that is the core of your mind and your emotions. Think about the promises that God made to us. If we are honest and if it was, and if it was that still small voice that made that promise, then we know that that promise shall come to pass. And if we look back on our life, life, those promises, we can already see they have come to pass. They will not fail. Elijah went to hear God again. And this time he did not hear the same thing, but he received confirmation that God was still there. God had not forgotten him. And the work of God would go on, not only through Elijah, but also the other servants as well. I want to encourage you that when your life, when the assignment that you have been given seems as if you are not making a difference or if you are afraid of what God is asking you. Remember that not one of his promises has failed. Remind yourself that there is a big picture that you may not be able to see at the moment, but that God is in control of. There is a big picture and your life, your purpose, your assignment, your ministry, your career, your business, it is a part of the big picture. But don't lose sight of the big picture. Thank you for joining me this evening. Please make sure you download the Omega podcast. Of course, we are found on all media platforms. But in particular, will you please download on Spotify? There is a link that will allow you to support the podcast by subscribing. Also, I am now on YouTube, if you have not heard. So you can find me at with the at sign Amago Him. You can find many videos on the Amago channel at this time. You may visit my website as well. That is amagohim.com to check out 
my coaching and leadership development services. You can find me on Instagram, also the at sign Amago Him, or join me on Facebook by typing I M A G O. Be sure to like my weekly posts and reels, and be sure that if you have any comments or questions, you may email me at omegohim at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. And until then, we shall be just like. <laughs>